Good evening, church. Thank you for being here with us this tonight at church. I have a wee story to start with before um, we get started. So at Christmas time, um, going back a few months, I found myself, um, we were doing quite a lot of stuff with the kids, and one of the things we were doing was a young family trip. So the guys who organized the, um, the Christmas light switch on in the shankle asked our church if we wanted to be a part in this parade that we're doing. So I was like, yeah, amazing opportunity. The church would be able to be represented on this parade so we went along to this Christmas light switch on on the shankle and then after the tree was lit and um, some of the boys wanted to go to the amusements that they had so I thought Rebecca like technically my working hours done right now but I should probably go like I'm the kids worker I should go and spend time with these people but what you don't know and I think it's quite common as a teenager I would have loved amusements I loved rides I didn't have any fear of it but as I've got a wee bit older now the thought of rides kind of scares me a bit I'm not so excited to go on them quite a lot of fear comes over me as I get on it but of course it came to this moment we went to the amusements the boys went on these bumper cars and then they went into this fun house thing. But then they came to this ride that basically you were attached to and then it spins you round in the air. Now you all know what's going to happen next. But anyway, this dreaded moment came and there was one child, Jake, who maybe I'll not say anything about tonight. He decided, I really want to get on this ride that spins you around in the air. And no one would do it with him, including the parents that sit in that second row down there. So of course, all the attention was drawn to the children's worker. And of course, as the children's worker, I thought, Rebecca, you can't say no to this. Like, you're the kids worker. These are the people you're meant to minister to every Sunday. If you say no, you're going to lose your repetition so before I put this photo up please don't slag me there's a lot of kids on it but this was me and Jake on this ride that we got on now first of all it was put up outside the co-op on this ankle it didn't look very steady and then also it was putting you round in circles so as you imagine I get on this ride and you have a bar that comes over your head and what you tend to do if you're scared of rides is you try to make sure you can't push yourself out of it so you try really hard to make sure you're secure you see I had this fear that I was going to come out of this ride that I better be safe on it it better be tight enough and you know what it's a silly story but we all do that sometimes in life we all try to be secure we crave this idea of feeling secure don't we whether it's rides like this silly story whether it's feeling like everything's under our control or whether it's having a good bank balance whether it's eating right protecting those around us and so tonight in church in the time that i have i want to encourage and challenge us to look at our security in life to look what that's based on and what we're building our lives on. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look at a few different passages in scripture and then we're gonna to go to a really well-known one and look chapter six, verse 46 to 49. But first, let me pray for us. Church, God, thank you that we can find our security in you. Lord, insecurity doesn't mean that we're protected from everything that life throws at us, but thank you, God, that we can have that assurance that Jesus is truly ours. God, thank you that that's the most important thing. And I pray tonight that you would help us to build our lives and that, God, we would be able to stand on you. God, help us to be listeners tonight and doers with your word. God, be with us, Lord, and speak to us. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. So we're going to start by looking at this idea 
of security. Our security in life is our foundation. It's the thing that we're grounding our life on. The thing that we're building our life on actually really matters because as we'll find out later, if we've got the wrong foundation, if we've got the wrong security, everything else will crumble. If our foundation's shaky, it doesn't matter how good it looks on the outside or how strong it feels, it will actually fall down at some point. The Oxford Dictionary defines foundation as this. It defines it as the underlying basis of something. This word foundation is one that we all know a lot. Even kids know the foundation is what is needed for a building. Now, I'm no builder by any stretch, but even these little kids know that a building needs a foundation. It has to be built on solid stuff. We'll all know this picture um, of this really famous landmark in Italy, the Leland Tower of Pisa. Now, I've never been. This is a photo from Google. But what I found really interesting when I looked into this building was actually, it attracts over about 5 million visitors every year, I think. But actually, it was leaning before it was finished. So the builders finished the job knowing that the tower was leaning. It's actually about 17 feet out of plump. It was built on a faulty foundation, only about 10 feet deep, which isn't enough for the 14,000 tons that it weighs. So the builders knew that the foundation was wrong, so they had a bit of an issue. The tower had to close down for about 11 years and a group of people had to come and work on the foundation. And see, now it doesn't actually move much anymore. It's about 1 20th of an inch every year. You see, even in buildings, foundations count. And if the wrong things won't be able to stand, they'll begin to lean and crumble like this tower. Because you see, foundations really matter. In the physical, yeah, of course, buildings, a good mortgage deposit, the foundation of having some savings in the account, yeah, those matter. But actually, I began to wonder as I was thinking about us, myself, and the church, what our foundations are like when we think about our life and our walk with God. You see, this stuff, what we're building our foundation on is actually vital because we'll find out later when we look at our passage that if it's built on the wrong foundation, of course, it'll fall down. If it's built on wrong beliefs and wrong teachings, of course, our foundation won't be secure. So how do we have a secure foundation? How do we get to that point? And I want to give a wee bit of a heads up. I know lots of you in here tonight, you know this stuff, like you've been around church for a really long time, but actually, did you know some Christians, and if we were all honest enough to admit it, at times actually don't feel super secure. They don't have a real big amount of assurance. And if we all admit it, there's probably been times that's been us. We don't have much assurance. We don't feel very secure. And tonight, if you do feel super secure and you do have a lot of assurance, that's amazing. Praise God for that. Maybe tonight you don't actually feel like you have a foundation at all. Like your world feels so shaky that there's nothing underneath your feet. Listen as well to tonight. Maybe you don't have any foundation at all because what our foundation is built on matters. So what should our foundation be? This is really simple but so important for all of us as we start out. The foundation of Jesus Christ. Let me lay the most important foundation for our lives to be built on, the main block to build our lives on, our whole lives. Paul writes this verse 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. And primarily, he's talking about the church. He's talking about the teachings that the church ought to share. But this verse is actually true for us as individuals as well. Paul writes this, for no one can lay a foundation to that which has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. You see, Paul's writing this fundamentally about what to teach in church. The church wants to know what teachings to share, and he's reminding them to teach Jesus. But actually, this verse and Paul's teachings is actually a wider truth that we can apply to ourselves, that Jesus is the foundation. He's our security. He's our first and he's our last. He's the thing that we should build our life on. You see, because nothing can be done without him that will stand and he's the foundation that we should build our lives on. And how do you trust me in that? You see, littered all throughout the Bible is scriptures that portray Jesus to be the foundation. There's an amazing verse in Deuteronomy 32, 4 that says, he is the rock his way is perfect. Now, I don't know if you've had a rock in your hand, but a rock is secure. It doesn't move. It's something that we can build our lives on. And a rock is steady, and Jesus is that rock. His way is perfect. Also, foundations, if we think about them, they shouldn't change. They should be able to withhold things. And the Bible tells us in a really well-known verse that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever church jesus is the secure foundation you see paul's trying to encourage the church that are maybe thinking about new ideas new teachings going with the time going with the culture actually you don't need to move away from the foundation of the truth of jesus and we don't either church we need to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus, which is the most important. So for us churches, we think of that really practically. Jesus is the foundation to build your lives on. What that means is we should base our whole lives on Jesus. Really simply, we do what he wants us to do, how he wants us to act. We build our lives on him, following his word and obeying him. Our foundation, the first and foremost, which we put our feet on, is Jesus the rock in which we stand and next um, is the foundation of what he's done for us because secondly and sometimes I think this is where the cracks and, and probably in my life and that's being really honest and maybe you can relate to but we don't really doubt Jesus is the one that we should build our lives on we don't question if he's reliable and we should follow his way sometimes our cracks begin to show in our foundation because we doubt and we question what he's really done for us and how he saved us we begin to doubt his love does he really love me we begin to doubt his grace could he really forgive me and his mercy do i really am loved by god you see of course um, it would be wrong to say sin can cause us to shake. And um, when we disobey God, that can cause us to shake. Trials can too. But having the wrong foundation can actually be a real cause of this kind of shaking. More examples that you might be able to relate to. Sometimes we feel shaky because we might not feel God's close to us. So we think he's not there. And maybe we have wrong beliefs that if God doesn't answer our prayer in our way and our time and that he isn't in control and he doesn't know what's best, we question if he's really, if he really does love us. Like if we've repented and turned from our sin, 
are we truly forgiven? We all build our lives in those things. And so what we do is we build our lives on faulty beliefs. And faulty beliefs cause us to feel shaky. Like God isn't there. God isn't in control. And I'm not forgiven. Which church is shaky ground to build your life on? And what I want to do, I want to remind us tonight that not only do we need to build our lives on Jesus as the true and firm foundation, but we ought to remember and build our lives on solid truths about what God has done in saving us and about who he is, not on our own feelings that change like the wind, that change depending on our circumstances, but we ought to build our lives on the word of God. Build your foundation on Jesus and what he's done for you. Church, I want to encourage you tonight, if you know, love, and trust Jesus as your saviour, remember that God has saved you. Build your life on that truth. David writes this verse in Psalm 40, verse 2, when he says this, he says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the merry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. David in this psalm is trying to escape from his enemies. And if you know anything about David, he was on the run. He felt so hopeless, like he was in this pit, like an actual pit of destruction. So he calls to God and God answers him. And he puts his feet on a rock, which is the firm foundation of Jesus. And I want to encourage you that this is not only David's story, but this is our story too. A lot of your stories in the room, not only through circumstances. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually God has saved us because we were all in that pit of destruction because with our sin, we were going the opposite way from God. So we were in a pit of destruction and we called out to God and God heard us, lifted us and set us on a rock, making our feet secure. We were all in a pit of destruction. Our life's not heading towards God, yet God saved us. And I want to encourage you tonight, build your life on that truth, not whether God answers your circumstance, whether God takes away the diagnosis. Build your life on the truth that God has saved you, and that's the most important thing to build your life on. It says this in Ephesians 1, 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. This is also a truth to build your life on. When you heard the gospel and believe and responded, you were sealed on the inside with the Holy Spirit, who on the inside identifies the believers. And when I looked into this idea of being sealed, I don't really write a lot of letters, but back then, letters were sealed by people, people of authority, and it meant that the letter was completed, it was finished, it was signed off it was done you see when the holy spirit comes into our life when we hear the gospel and we put our trust in jesus the holy spirit seals us on the inside it's a guarantee it's done of our inheritance that one day we will spend forever with jesus and like we sung that song tonight and um, do you have that assurance tonight of being found in jesus that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Build your lives on this, that if you have made that decision, that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Again, not on your circumstances, which change like the wind. Build your life on the firm foundation of Jesus and what he's done by saving you. You see, when God doesn't answer our prayer in our way or our timing, what's our foundation to? 
Is it God you don't care? Surely God doesn't see me. You know, our foundation when things like that happen should be that God is God and he's the one who's in control. That's who he is. And it doesn't mean the answer will be what I want or the test. Well, look how I want God's God and we're not. And it says this in Proverbs 19, 21, that many are the plans and a man, a mind of a man, but is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. What is your foundation? You see, having our foundation right is so key because as I said at the start, if our foundation is not right, then everything will be shaky because the reality is we could be doing the right things. We could be trying to be a better person. We could be pushing to appear more holy, love more, but actually inside we're shaken. Our foundations aren't right, they aren't based on Jesus and his work on the cross for us, not whether we've got the answer or not, but his work on the cross for us. And we need to get the foundation right, Jesus, and his work on the cross is the foundation that we build our life on. If we love and follow him, he saved and sealed us, base our beliefs on who he is. And church, I know a lot of you have got that right. And if you haven't got that right and your beliefs and your foundation aren't built on Jesus, then Jesus asks and invites you to come to the cross and he can do a work in your life. But I want to challenge us tonight. If we have our foundation built on Jesus, if it's built on what he's done for us, we actually then need to move on to think about what are we doing with our lives? What are we building our lives on? We'll have the sure foundation of Christ and what he's done for us. But what do our lives look like? And so we're going to quickly look at this well-known, really well-known story actually in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49. And it says this. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Church, Jesus is sharing these words at the end of one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. And in these talks with the disciples in the crowds, Jesus is teaching the people about commandments for people who love Jesus. For example, he teaches them the Beatitudes. He teaches them about loving your enemies, about looking at your own sin before you judge others, producing good fruit. And then he basically ends it with the, this story. So he has all these commands about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And then he ends with this story, reminding them that if you call him Lord, that you must do what he says. You can't say that you love God, then ignore his commands. So to teach the point, he, got, he talks about these two people who built a house. And when I look back at it, back then, this idea of two people building a house would have been very understandable to the crowd back then why Jesus was talking about houses. You see, in those days, a house was multi-generational. You would have had your kids, then yourself, then the grandparents, and it would have passed on through generations to the point that when you got married, you actually tended to build a house on the side of that house. You didn't move away. You didn't try to escape the parents. You actually built a house on the side of it. 
to go even further. Back then, you actually did a lot of your business out of your house because the house symbolized your whole life. It symbolized your everything. So when Jesus talks about a house to this crowd, and when he talks to us, he's talking about this house figuratively. He's saying, it's your whole life. What are you building your everything on? Your whole life, not just part of it, not just what you do on a Sunday. What are you building your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday on? When you wake up in the morning, what are you building your life on? Because a house back then was your everything. Also, for the listeners back then, this story would have actually been really more familiar because Palestine had lots of mountains and hills, so it was actually a big place for flooding. The Jordan River annually would have swollen to dangerous levels, which caused, again, more flooding. So people knew back then that houses had to be built on a secure foundation. They knew that the floods would have caused the house not to stand. They knew that a house built on sand wouldn't last. So Jesus uses the rock to talk about himself and his teachings. The rock that their lives needed to be built on was Jesus and his words. So Jesus intentionally uses well-known comparables to teach them to build their lives on the rock and it will stand. They understood what a house meant that it meant your everything. And they would have understood that floods actually happen a lot. Also, what I was, when I was thinking about this, I kind of said, like, what has it got to do with us? We don't do the whole, like, house things then in your house, like, building a house onto your parents' house. We don't get much flooding. It's actually not common here at all. But actually, this story has a lot still to teach us because God is trying to show us that our foundation must be Jesus but we also must do what he says. It's not enough for us to come and be people who stand on the rock, who come to church on a Sunday to listen to play Christian, because these things don't ever last. They don't last. We can't say, Lord, Lord, then ignore what he says. This idea that we read at the first verse, why do you call me Lord, Lord? The Greek word for this Lord, Lord is this word kuros, which basically means a master. And a master is someone you're obedient to, isn't it? So Jesus asked, why do you call me master? Then don't do what I tell you. Why do you call me master, yet your actions don't show it? You know, when you simply just do the whole Sunday thing, or you just listen to what Jesus has to say without building your lives on it, you're like these people in the story. You're building your lives on shaky sand, and one day, it will all crumble. So church, we must take Jesus and his words seriously and put them into action. We must have the right foundation built on Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us by saving us. And then we must do what he said. And by the way, can I just really encourage you? When I was writing this, I was really challenged by this. None of us are exempt by this. Are we doing what Jesus has said to us? Are we not trying to find our security, our foundation in other things like people, like a relationship status, a job, how much money we have in the bank? Are we obeying Jesus and his word? Or are we just listeners of it? Are we just listeners of his word rather than doers? James in his writing says this in James 1 verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. 
And you know what, church? That's hard. That's hard to read because it would have been a lot harder for the person to build their life on the rock. It actually says in the first that they dug deep and had a good foundation. The sand would have been easier to build their life on. You know, it was hard work for the people to fix the leaning tower of Pisa. It actually took them 11 years that they had to close it down for. You see, building our life and acting on God's word is hard. I want to give you a wee example. When I spoke a couple of weeks ago in church, I spoke about kindness and not showing revenge. And if that really spoke to you, and I want to pray that it really did, if God's word spoke to you tonight, it was probably very likely if you prayed, God, help me to be kind this week, or God, help me to note not show revenge, that you were probably met with unkind people that week. You were probably met with unkind situations where God was like saying, like you prayed for me to help you to show kindness. Like, are you actually going to do it? And that was me too, that I got off the stage and was met during that week with different things. And it was really a test. Are you going to put this into practice? Because you know why? It would be so easy to just hear a preach. It would be so easy just to listen to it with our ears and maybe not actually do anything with it during the week. It would be so lovely to have a nice night at church where we all feel the warmth, have a nice cup of tea and have a good welcome. It would be so nice for that. But you know where God is glorified when we live out his word? He's glorified when we take it and let it affect our Monday, when we are actually encountering people who maybe haven't been the kindness to us, that we are showing kindness to them. And also as a person that I'm being kind to, God is glorified when we live out his word, when we're just not hearers of it, but we're doers of it as well. Church, I want to encourage you, don't build your house on the sand the easy way by just hearing the word, by just coming Sunday on Sunday, yet your life looks very different on a Monday and Tuesday. Don't build your life on the sand. Build it on the rock and do what he says. Church, what is your foundation? Is your foundation built on Jesus? First and foremost, the most important thing, is it built on Jesus? He's the one that will ask. Is your whole life obeying his commandments? The whole house not just part of your life, the house meant your entire life, your everything. Is it obeying what he's asked you to do? Maybe tonight you don't feel secure actually at all and maybe you're at church for a reason because everything in your life's shaky. And I wanna just put this out there. When I talk about the word secure, I don't mean that you're going to be exempt from troubles in life. I don't mean when we say we're secure in God that we've got this blanket over us, like you can't touch me life, like nothing bad can happen to me. That's not what security in God is because these two people that built the house, they both had storms come their way. They both had troubles and our security in Christ doesn't protect us from storms, but we have Christ in them with us. What are we building our lives on? You see, we're not hidden from troubles. That's not what Jesus is trying to teach us. It doesn't mean that we're going to have an easy Christian life. But what Jesus is telling us, that if we call him Lord, Lord, we must build our lives on him and do what he says. I want to challenge you. Do you have that foundation tonight? 
Maybe tonight your foundation is shaky and you actually don't have Jesus in your life at all. And if you don't, I want to really challenge you with this verse. It says in Romans 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And you can make that decision tonight. You can come and be part of God's family by putting your trust in him and then believing and doing what he says. Not just coming along on a Sunday to try make your life better but actually building your life on him and what he has to say in church if that is you tonight if you want to make that decision to put your foundation on Jesus and build your whole life on him we have people who would love to pray for you after there's people in the foyer they'll have a a banner on and if you even come see me I'd love to pray with you I'd love to tell you more about Jesus and maybe tonight church if we're all honest there's times where our foundation isn't the most secure and um, doubts arise we begin to question like god if you truly love me would you allow this to happen or god why me or maybe you don't feel the most steady because of situations and circumstances in your life church can i encourage you don't be a stranger go and ask people to pray with you ask them to bring you before God, I'm going to invite the worship team up, church. And I want to remind you tonight, building your life on Jesus isn't an easy task, but it's worth it. He's our firm foundation, the one that we can build our lives on. And we're going to sing this song. And it says, it's quite an amazing song that basically talks about this story of the two builders that we build our lives on the rock and it says in it some lines that i'm going to make it through and i just want to encourage you and challenge you that that doesn't mean again that you're going to get all the things that you want it doesn't mean that everything's going to go your way but it actually just means that jesus is going to be with you through it all okay the right foundation to build your life on that you're building it on jesus that you're standing on solid ground not god if you're going to answer me then i'm going to stand on the foundation but actually god i'm standing on the foundation you've saved me and that's the most important thing and if you don't know jesus tonight i'd love to give you the opportunity to do that please see someone at the end and ask for prayer church i'm going to pray for us and then we're going to worship together god thank you for tonight thank you god that you first loved us god that this isn't about us god but you first loved us and only because you love us god can we love you only because you loved us can we come and put our feet on the firm foundation of christ god thank you that you first loved us god that none of it will be possible without you god help us to build our lives on that truth god that it's all about you god it's all because of you god everything that we do our whole lives this house is all about you god so come and let this be our anthem during the week that christ is our firm foundation he's the one that we're building our life so god that no matter what happens god we have the assurance that jesus is ours god that it doesn't matter whether good or bad happens but jesus is ours god be with us lord and help us to build our lives on the right foundation lord